0: I would like to talk about a forgotten principle based in Romans 10. Now, why is this a forgotten principle? Because many times, and, and, and as your pastor has been talking to you about this in our daily lives, we, we get busy with, with work and with kids and, and, and so many things that we forget many times the condition of the world. The condition of the people around the world that still have yet to hear the good news. Many times we're so busy in in our lives that that we forget God has given given us a task to reach our world. And you know, if God gave us a task, he didn't give it to us because he didn't think we could accomplish it. He gave us a task because he knew that with his help, we could accomplish this task to reach our world for him. And and the strategy that he gave us, the strategy to reach our world is right here. And that's what I want to talk about, is this forgotten principle, this forgotten strategy of how we're going to reach our world. It seems like a daunting task. It seems like when Jesus told his disciples when he was about to go to heaven and he gave them the charge to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It seems like an impossible task, but God gave us a strategy right here in Romans 10. And if you'll read it with me, starting with verse 12, we're going to read down to verse um, 15. For there is no difference, Romans 10, 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can, how can anyone preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? This strategy of reaching our world, the Apostle Paul penned in Romans 10, and it's not his opinion, this is the Holy Spirit inspiring him to write down these words. This is God's plan, God's strategy. And many times we forget. Many times we see this daunting task of reaching our world and where we're at. And we say, Lord, how are we going to do this? We have forgotten this principle. And I would like to illustrate it for you this morning. So with uh, I asked her pastor for permission. Um, I would like to have six people. Six people come up and help me illustrate the strategy of God to reach the world. Do I have any volunteers? Wonderful. (laughs) Okay, I need three people to stand here facing the congregation, please. Three people here and three people on this side, if you please. Thank you. Wonderful young people. Awesome. This is great. All right. So in order to illustrate this scripture right here, because many times we we read the Bible and, and we may not understand all of the questions and everything, but I have found that this illustration explains this process, this strategy of how to reach our world. And first of all, verse 12 says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. We could say there is no difference between North American, Central American, South American. There is no difference between a European or an African. God can save them all. Yes. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter where you're going. If you've had an education or if you have not, God can touch their lives. You may be the worst person. You may be the better better citizen. But God can reach you where you're at. So it does not matter. God can save. In verse, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone and everyone. No matter where you're from, no matter where you're at. Anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here... God bless you. What is your name? Samara. Samara. So Samara represents the people who call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says that anyone or everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So as I said, it does not matter the background of the person who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. But then it says, how can she call on the name of the Lord if she does not believe? How is she going to call if she does not believe? Many people believe in God, but they don't take the step of faith. They don't take that next step and call on Jesus. There are so many people who believe in God, who who know who he is, who who say, yeah, I believe in God. But they don't take that that step and they don't call on God. They don't call on God. They don't call on his name. They don't say, Lord, I need you. I, I believe in you, but I need you to come into my heart. So how can she call on God unless she believes? Unless they believe. And how can they believe unless they hear? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So how are they going to believe unless they hear? We need to hear the word of God. And not just a, a great word that just tickles our ears. We need to hear the word of God because the word of God brings transformation. Yes. So how can they call on the name of the Lord unless they believe, unless they hear? And how can they hear unless someone preaches to them, unless someone tells them? And you know what? This, this step right here and these questions This step not only belongs to missionaries to pastors this belongs to all of us this charge is all of ours to testify to preach there are so many people who say I am I just can't I can't share my faith I'm too embarrassed but God has given us this task to share to share to preach the word of god so that they can hear so that they can believe so that they can call on the name of the lord and be saved because you know god can do the impossible which is save we just have to be responsible to do our part and this is what i what i want to illustrate today is that this step this process right here this process is our responsibility this is our responsibility We need to preach so that they can hear, so that they can believe, and so that they can call on the name of the Lord, and then He can do His part, which is save anyone and everyone who calls on His name. So then it says, and how will will they preach unless they are sent? And here I have these two ladies, these two beautiful ladies, and they represent this aspect of being sent. First of all, the one who is being sent and the one who is sending. Here we have uh, the representation of a missionary. She, she, this is a partnership, and we have to understand this. Missions is a partnership. Missions is a partnership between the church, the missionary, and God. Because you see, you can't do missions without a missionary. And a a missionary can't do missions without the church, without you. And both of us cannot do missions without God, who is directing us and leading us as we give and as we go. So how can they preach, how can they teach unless they are sent? Now, those who may want to go, um, maybe they want to go, but the church doesn't want to send them. The church is like, no, you know, we have our own plan. We don't give to missions. We don't give to missions, so sorry, we can't send you. Well, that's not what God wants. He wants this process to work, and in order for this process to work, in order for that young lady over there to call on the name of the Lord, this process has to be fulfilled in completion. And so she, maybe she wants to go, but the church doesn't want to send. And maybe, maybe the church wants to send, but maybe God has called her and she doesn't want to go. Maybe she is, is, is rejecting the call of God. Or maybe she's telling the Lord, no, Lord, I have other plans. But you see, God wants to reach. God wants to reach every man, woman, young person, and child. He, is, he does not want anyone to perish. He His passion is that this world will know him. And in order for that to happen... We have to fulfill this process. And, and, and let me show you this. You see these three young people here? These three young people represent the lost. Those who call, those who believe, and those who hear. These represent the lost. And over here, this side, those who preach, those who are sent, and those who are ascending represent the church. This is our responsibility, church, right here. This is our responsibility to testify, to preach, to share the good news, to go and to send. This is our responsibility responsibility right here. In order to see the lost one for Christ, we need to fulfill our part. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about in Romans 10. How can they they call on the name of the Lord if they do not believe? How can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless they are sent? Thank you. Thank you for your help. You may be seated. In the first church that we planted several years ago, there was a gentleman who was 82 years old. And he was a former bodyguard of the ex-dictator of Nicaragua. So even though he was 82 years old, and his name was Benito because he already passed away. But Benito, even though he was 82 years old, he was as strong as can be. And he would stand like a like a strong man, and and even though you would look at him, and he would seem like this strong man who had who had the best of health, he ha- he had received the news that he was ha- that his that his doctors had told him that he was having heart problems. And he he needed to have surgery. But they couldn't go in and and do the surgery because there were too many complications. And because of his age and and so many complications, they couldn't go in and do the surgery. And as I mentioned to you, as I showed you the pictures, we started this church with a crusade. And when we do these crusades, we focus on salvation and healing. And so we had... We had made uh, uh, an invitation to the whole community of Loma Linda. We had gone door to door. We had uh, taken teams of of young people to the parks and to the neighborhoods to minister and and to invite people to this crusade that we were having. And so Benito heard that we were going to have this crusade and we were starting this church, and he was an atheist. He did not believe in God. But since he wanted healing, the doctors had said that it was impossible, that that there was no chances of him to have this operation that he so needed. Because he wanted his healing, he came to the crusade. And um, my husband was preaching, and he came. At the end of the service, we invite people to come to the front. To receive salvation, to receive healing. And at the end of the service, Benito came up. And he just stood there. And he was looking at my husband in the eyes as my husband was praying. And he just stood there and observed everything and would look around. And people, you know, were crying and and being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. And he would look around, like, what's going on here? What's wrong with these people? And so afterwards, he, he came up to my, to my husband. Well, my husband was down on the altar, and, and he looked at him, he said, you know what? Men, don't cry. Because he saw all the people crying and just pouring their lives out to the Lord and telling him, you know, what they needed healing of. But he told my husband, men, don't cry. And afterward, after the service um, you know, we, we always tell the people, come back, come back next night. If God hasn't healed you, he is going to heal you. We're going to continue believing and praying for your healing. And so Benito came up to my husband afterwards and said, you know what? I don't believe in God, but I'm going to come back because I need God. I need him to heal me. I, I, need, a, I need a solution to my problem. And so when we started this church, we had crusade every night except for Monday night. And you have to understand, Benito, he lived like five blocks away from the church. And of course, it's a very poor community, so he didn't have a car. And because of his heart condition, he couldn't walk very fast. But we would start service every night at 6 o'clock. And he would start walking from his home since like half an hour before, because he couldn't walk very fast. He'd walk like this. Even though he was straight and strong, he couldn't walk very fast. So he would start the trek like a half an hour before, and, and, and he'd walk and get to church no matter what. One night, it was pouring down rain it was like a tropical depression had come through. The electricity had gone off completely. We were still having service. And, and we were all under that tent. And they're dripping and soaking because of the rain. Benito walks in. And so my husband tells him, Benito, why did you come tonight? Well, don't we have church? And and you know what we don't know exactly when he gave his heart to the Lord but one of those nights cuz he would come forward every night for healing but one of those nights he gave his, his life to the Lord And you know he never did receive his healing I don't I sometimes I don't we don't understand why God doesn't choose to heal but he never received his healing But you know what, he was the biggest testimony to the rest of the people. You know, because in Nicaragua it's very common to sit out on your front porch when it's really hot and just, you know, relax after work or whatever. And so some of the people from this crusade of the church that we later planted would tell us, you know, we knew when it was time for church when we would see Benito walk by. And sometimes, maybe we were, we were feeling like we didn't need to go that night. We were tired. We had had a long day. But when we would see him walk by, walk by 82 years old, just slowly, taking step by step, walking, we knew that we needed to go. And he was the biggest testimony to that neighborhood. And... and after we completed the, finish the crusade, we, we started that church and, and um, had services then. Once we officially launched the church, we had services Wednesdays and Sundays. And after about a year, it was time to return to the U.S. to raise our funds for the next few years. And so we had raised up a national pastor to take the work. And it was the last night to say goodbye to the people. And um, my husband was saying goodbye. You know, people were lining up to give him a hug and, 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 and everything. And they had a big cake. It was just a wonderful goodbye, farewell celebration. And in that line came Benito. And he was crying like a baby. And my husband remembered that night when he told him, men don't cry. And he was crying like a baby. And he came up to my husband. And he gave him the biggest hug. With all the strength that an 82-year-old has, he gave him a hug so tight. And he said, thank you. I love you more than life because you introduced me to my Savior. I love you more than life because you introduced me to my Savior. How can they call on the name of the Lord unless they don't believe? How can they believe unless they don't hear? In that crusade, Benito heard the message he came with a hard heart but every night hearing that word of god every night listening his faith grew and he started believing and then one night he gave his heart to the lord but how can that happen unless we don't go unless we aren't sent. And you know, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of Benitos around the world that still have yet to hear the good news. So many in Nicaragua that have yet to hear the good news. And we must do our part. We have to recognize what our part is here, church. Some are to, pr- some are to go and some are to send. We are all called to preach. Not one of us are excluded from that that task. Some of us are called to preach, to be a witness here in Mejia. Others are called to go to Nicaragua. Others are called to go around the world. We need to recognize our role in this process, in this forgotten process. Because like I said, we see this task that there's not just like right here one person. It's thousands and millions and billions of people who have yet to call on the name of the Lord, we see that and we say, oh, Lord, how are we going to ever do this? Well, if we are faithful in accomplishing this process, if we are faithful in sending, if we are faithful in going, if we are faithful in preaching, then they will hear, then they will believe, and they will call on the name of the Lord, and then the Lord will do what he can do, what only he can do, and that's safe. Please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you, God, because you're a good God. Thank you because we have. Salvation. We called on you one day. We called on you, and you did the impossible. You saved us. Thank you, Lord, because before we called on you, we believed, and, and, and we believed because we heard from someone. We heard from someone the good news, and our faith was activated, and then we, we did what we needed to do, which was call on you. Help us, Lord. Help us to realize our role in this strategy, in this forgotten process to win our world, to win our community, to win our neighborhood, God. Here we are this morning, and we say, Lord, use us. Use me, Lord. I have received the precious gift of salvation. And I'm not going to stay quiet about it. I'm not going to just keep it to myself. This precious gift, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to share about it. So that others can have this life changing, this eternal gift from you, Lord. This gift that has eternity implied in it. Oh God, help us to wake up. Help us to remember once again what you inspired Paul to write. Help us to remember, God, and to not forget to not forget what you have done for us and to remember that there are so many who have yet to hear, believe, and call on you, God. Oh, Lord, here I am today. If you will just open your mouth and tell the Lord, God, use me. Use me to send. Use me to go. And use me to share and to preach. In Jesus' name.